Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Hi, from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm going to start out with one positive thing and then uh, drop some bombs. Wait, can we say bombs on this show with our special guest? Yeah, I guess you can. Well, too late now. It's too but late. Mo, be quiet. I didn't introduce you yet. He loves to talk and text, by the way. Nice. Uh, so here's the deal. Monday, tomorrow... The full Senate vote on the carry killer bill. So if you're listening to this show Sunday morning, you have all day Sunday and half a day Monday. The full Senate, the Marxists are marching on Trenton. They're going to be banning everything. If you're a member of ANJRPC, CNJFO, or whatever, contact all of your senators immediately. Show the heat. Murphy wants to sign this before the end of the year because once you realize they hate us, it all makes sense. This is the negative. Now, let's talk of the positive. We had a meet and greet at the range on Wednesday. Assemblyman Brian Bergen, one of the most conservative assemblymen uh, in the state of New Jersey, probably him and uh, Robert Auth would be the, the two, he came and did a meet and greet. We had over 100 people show up. Fred Kuhn drove 100 miles, Sandy, in traffic to be at the meet and greet. And Assemblyman Bergen spoke for two hours and answered everybody's questions and gave great strategy. Not only that, but he reached out to me earlier in the day and said, could he supply food? And he brought four trays of sandwiches with him. That's my kind of guy. Yeah, right to our stomach. He knew. He knew. I'll either get our, I'll go right to our carry permit or our stomach. He knew how to win our love, didn't he? But uh, he did a great job, and I love seeing the unity and activism. Now we're going to be having... Um, a Bullets and Bagel fundraiser for Assemblyman Robert Auth on uh, January 10th. It's $150 a person. You can shoot a bunch of guns and eat. It's going to be in the morning. I plan on having um, Assemblyman Bergen on the show. I plan on having Assemblyman Auth on the show. And after this full-floor Senate vote, I'm going to see which conservative or Democrat senators come to our defense and if any of them come to our defense, I'm going to invite them to the range and invite them on the show. The other Marxists, I have absolutely no use for. Now, I've been saying this forever. Once you realize they hate us, it all makes sense. I've been talking about classism forever. I've been talking about how towns like Patterson and Passaic and East Hanover make people wait a year for an FID card. You can only go a certain time to pick up your permits. You can only do this. You can only do that. It's typical to just make people wait, wear us down, wear us down, because they hate us. They don't want us to be able to exercise a constitutional right. But we are the firewall. The Second Amendment is all we have left. I think we're all in agreement that the First Amendment is so is beaten so down padded. now yeah. with wokeism and all of this other crap and the tribalism that they push on us in this country. I, I believe this, the First Amendment is lost. And I believe this, the, yeah, the Second believe Amendment so is the too. last bastion, bastion holding on to our freedom. Would you, would you say that, Sandy? Absolutely, yeah. All right, so now I want to get into this story. About eight years ago, when I smoked about 25 cigars a day, I'm sitting out on the wall outside Gun for Hire in a parking lot, and this car pulls up, looks like it was going to be a drive-by shooting. And this big dude, 
uh, pulls up and he starts chatting with me. He lived at the time he lived in Woodland Park, right around the corner from the range, one traffic light away, if I remember right. And he's asking me some questions, gun questions and stuff like that. Really, really nice, approachable guy, family man, kids, talking about his mom. And uh, he's Middle Eastern, Palestinian, Palestinian, I believe, and he'll correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, so we're talking. So right away, you know, since I traveled all over the world, it goes right to food, right? And it goes right to bread. So anyway, we're, we're having this talk, and the, the talk ends. And, you know, like me, anybody that's interested in, in getting involved in learning about the Second Amendment, I do it. Uh, about two weeks later, uh, Mo Mahmoud shows up with a tray with all of these Lebanese delicacies that are all, uh, I, Mo will, will correct me on what they're called, but all of them had different meats and eggplants or stuff on top of them. Oh, so nice. needless to say, I didn't share them with anybody. No, of course. And, and we fostered a friendship, mostly through text. He would come here occasionally with his dad, come here occasionally with his uncle, sometimes come alone. So I would say it's about, about an eight-year relationship now, lending advice anytime I can. And, you know, as a soundboard or whatever, months would go by, we wouldn't talk. Weeks go by, we would talk or whatever. So uh, he owned a handgun or two, and he owned a long gun or two. <clears throat> and he was so excited about the, the carry permit. And, uh, you know, he was hot to trot to get qualified right away. He was one of the guys that was breaking my cojones early on. Uh, I wanted, he, he wanted to qualify before we knew what the qualification course was, right? And I get it because he was one of about 200,000, you know, true blue patriotic New Jersey citizens that have been waiting forever to get their carry permit. And, you know, he has a family. He's going to discuss that in a minute. And he ha owns a house in Patterson. And uh, he wanted to be able to protect himself and his family. And as he says in the court transcripts, he wanted to exercise his Second Amendment right. So anyway, I knew that he might have some roadblocks in the town he lives in, which is Patterson. And lo and behold, uh, he did. So without further ado, Mahmoud Ramadan, as we like to call him, Mo or Big Mo. And Mo is going to give us a little bio, life, family, daughter, career, criminal record, or lack of therewith. <laughs> uh, he has none, which was discussed on uh, the, the court transcripts. So, Mo, just tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into this intertwined story. And I hope I did you justice. Is my memory right at 62 years old? Do I kind of remember how we met and how it went down? Yes, yes. Good afternoon. Hello, um, Mo. How you guys doing, man? We're doing good. Um, He's so professional. Thank you for, yes, he is. Thank you for having me Not on the like show, Not like when he man, was off the air, you know. um, So, yeah, I mean, pretty much, yeah, that's how, that's how we met. I pulled up. We talked food. Um, yes. I don't know if you recall it, actually. Uh, one of the other things that kind of led to us speaking, actually, was I sent an email because I saw your website, and it had, like, flags from all over. And I was like, oh, let me just give it a try. And I asked about the Palestinian flag, and I emailed, and then once you, I did, a day or two later, the thing was on there, and then, then once I pulled up, that's how we formally really met, and I got your number and annoyed you, and yeah, so that's... Uh, and that's real, real quick, what had happened, Mo, after that, uh, we had gotten inquiries from other people. Why isn't our flag there? Why isn't the Ghana flag and everything? So to appease everybody, Matt, now we have, on our international page, we just have this huge burst of, like, every flag. It was like a stock artwork we bought because, again, everybody was concerned of being represented. And we want to represent all 192 uh, people or whatever. So uh, that's how we got there. All right. Yeah. I, I, I kind of completely blocked or forgot that one. So, well, go ahead. Continue more. Tell us a little bit about your, uh, about your uh, you know, family life and everything else and your gun uh, activism or shooting guns and everything. 
Sure. So uh, my name is Mahmoud, um, better known as Mo, Big Mo. Um, I am 31, father of two beautiful daughters, a wife, uh, you know, just living the American dream, working. I'm a child social worker, so I love working with children, at-risk children, um, you know, and, and, and helping them out, you know, helping children out. I guess it's my calling, if you would say. Um, you know, uh, criminal record, none at all. Uh, you explained how we met, and, uh, you know, I uh, I own a couple couple firearms. Um, I, I love shooting. I appreciate, you know, the privilege and the right to shoot. And, um, you know, just like all the other activists, it's, it's, it's our right, and it's something that I enjoy doing. And uh, so you uh, you have kids, right? You're married. You have kids, yes, and uh, and unfortunately, you 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 have a daughter. How old is she now? About thirty something months. Yes. Yeah, so I had my eldest is four, um, and my youngest is two years old. She is. She just turned two. Um, she was diagnosed with a fatal and terminal brain disorder called Tay-Sachs disease mm. three days after her first birthday back in October. I very sorry about that and uh so you're, you're you're caring for her your wife is caring for her you have your other child you work as a social worker so you deal with you, know, you see a lot of stuff right yes sir so you see a lot of stuff and then you come home and you have you have to be the rock at your house too right i try to be and a, and a law-abiding tax-paying citizen always doing the right thing now did you were you born here yes sir Okay, so okay, so you were born here, so you're, you're you're a U.S. citizen, so you went through the whole process of indoctrination like we did. But you have a love for your country, obviously. You're married. You're, you have a house here. You have a wife and kids, and you try to do everything right, right? You try to follow the law as much as they put roadblocks in front of us. You try to follow the law, right? Of course. All right. So, <clears throat> so you 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 harassed me to find out about the permits, and you were one of the first people that came in and qualified, right? Yes. And then after you qualified, start telling us your story there from detail. When you get to the fast forward, when we go to court, I have copious notes that we're all going to go back and forth on. But tell us everything, uh, please. You know, you and I have been talking about this, and you're very well-versed well at communication. I must, I must say that. That's a great positive attribute about you right after the food thing. Uh, and first and <laughs> foremost being the, the family man that you are. Uh, which I respect and appreciate too. So, so go ahead. So you're now you you came in and you qualified. You had the right gun. Uh, well, the first gun because you wanted to get another gun. So go ahead, yes. hit us. So yes, um, uh, uh, once the you know the, the 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 decision was made that Jersey can is a shall is a state, and uh, you know I was excited just like everybody else. Um, you know, uh, very excited. Wanted to exercise the right. Wanted to carry. Um, and um, I qualified, and um, it all started, I want to say it was like the end of June. Uh, I, I went to the Patterson Police website, the town that I live in, and it said, you know, call or email, um, you know, the fire, the fire investigation, firearms investigation unit regarding, um, you know, firearms application, things of that nature. So I knew there was going to be a large influx of applications, and we were going to hit this kind of wall where it's going to be overwhelming because it's, you know, it's new. Everybody's kind of trying to frantically get everything together and get everything done um, and, you know, meet the needs of the people. So I emailed, I called, I left a voicemail to the firearms investigation unit. Didn't get anything you, back. You were, you were uh, trying to get in right away. 
before 10,000 people in Patterson applied. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Go, go ahead. Okay. And um, when I didn't get a response, um, I'm, I'm very, you know, I try to get involved with the community and the city and things of that nature. Um, and uh, I reached out to a buddy of mine who's uh, a councilman. And when I explained, hey, you know, uh, New Jersey just passed this. I know we're supposed to contact our local police and things of that nature. But do you know, do you have any insight on what the process is, what's going on? And he directed me to speak to the mayor, um, as I do have the mayor's contact info. Uh, again, I, I try to get involved in the community and things of that nature. So, you know, you meet people, you network. And um, I reached out to the mayor because my councilman had told me, uh, hey, the mayor has some of these firearms discussions in his board meetings. So I reached out to the mayor. I said, hey, mayor, uh, you know, what's going on with these CCW applications? You know, I know it just passed. You know, and I kind of put it on him a little bit, him being my elected official, just a little, you know, little yeah. feedback from a community member. I said, hey, man, you know, why is Patterson usually the last or, you know, we're not uh, basically on the front lines to get things done first, you know, things of that nature. So he asked me, he said, who are you dealing with? You know, I said, you know, Patterson Firearms Investigation Unit. And um, he told me he was going to reach out to somebody. I don't know if it was a sergeant or lieutenant. And he reached out. A little bit later, he texted me and he said, hey, applications are being uh, uh, accepted. Go ahead and apply. So I did. Um, and before I continue, I just want to let it be known. Because of COVID, I bought the house during COVID. And because of COVID, a lot of things were um, delayed, such as changing your firearms address, ID, applying for a permit, things of that nature. Everything got lost in the sauce, if I may. And um, so I already had email threads with the firearms investigation unit prior to applying for my CCW. Um, they changed my address, everything of that nature worked out well. That was sometime in like May, if I recall. And once the, I started applying for the application, um, I applied and I would reach out just to kind of get an update. Didn't really hear anything back. Phone calls, voicemails, never returned. Um, I would send an email and uh, every couple of days or so, I'd probably get an email back. And at one point, um, I had the application completed, the three notaries, the proof of ownership, the qualifications, um, the four pit passport, for everything that the application needed. Um, one of the detectives had mentioned, he stated, hey, can you email me your packet? I said, okay. So I took pictures, scanned it, emailed it, and the detective emailed me back and he said, sir, this is not compliant. You know, um, you have to make sure you, you know, make it compliant before trying to bring it in and submit it. And I asked him kindly, I said, sir, what's the, you know, what's not compliant about it? He sends me the attachment of the, uh, the breakdown of what the application is needed. And I asked him again, I said, sir, I have everything that's on this, this form you sent me as a PDF form. What is not compliant about it? He said, sir, this needs to be typed and not written. And, <laughs> All that, you know, all, yeah, all that, all that good stuff. So I said, okay. Um, I didn't understand if it needed to be typed while I was there with him because it was just such a vague email. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't sure. say, where would you get a typewriter from the Smithsonian Institute or I, <laughs> like, I'm just, so I'm like, okay, you know what? 
uh, they were only accepting applicants, I believe, every Wednesday between 6 and 8 p.m. <laughs> so typical. And so, you – go ahead. Go ahead. No, so it's in, this is – again, this is how they wear you down in classism. Yeah. Now, the other thing with Mo contacting his elected representatives, he's going to go over this later where it – almost them in the ass but it didn't because we've been telling i've been telling everybody for 10 or 15 years when you reach roadblocks with your pd you be respectful but you firm and you call your police chief you and you call every elected official in your town in your county and you tell them that your rights are being violated and you ask them for answers that is how our civil or, or excuse me, how our civic process works in this country because they are representing us. They tried to backfire this on Mo, which you're going to hear about it later because he was contacting the people who represent him because we're not supposed to speak up. We're supposed to shut up and pay our taxes and deal with whatever they give to us. And this is the stuff that makes my blood boil. So, Mo, without further ado, I'm sorry, but I had to get that off my chest. No, you're fine, man. You're fine. So, um... <clears throat> I had set up, I forgot the exact date, so don't, it's, it's, this is now, fast forward to like the beginning of July, um, they had stated that they were accepting applications coming between 6 and 8 p.m., and um, mind you, I'm dealing with, you know, what I'm dealing with, I have a terminally ill daughter, um, I just lost my mother-in-law a couple months before, um, so I had family fly in um, to, to visit my wife and things of that nature, so there's a lot going on, you know, and I wanted to get this done because I had work, I have, you know, things to tend to, things of that nature. So they told me to come in between six and eight. I went in and when I walked in with my application, the detective, uh, he, once he sees the name on the paperwork, he's like, you're the guy who went to the mayor. He goes, who does that? Ooh. And I'm like, who well, does bro, that? Who does that? Well, maybe yeah. if you responded to an email or a voicemail from me because you're a public servant, maybe if you responded even once working on it, we'll get back to you or something, let you know that he received an email or that he was, in fact, alive on the other end. Maybe you wouldn't have had to call your other elected representatives. Go ahead. So when he, you know, when he tells me that, I kind of, kind of saw, I was like, okay, I see where this is going. And I was like, sir, it's not like I went, you know, I followed the chain of command. I emailed you. Nobody responded. I, you know, I contacted a buddy of mine who was a councilman. I told him what happened. And he was like, nobody does that. Who does that? And does that? he was like, he was like, just, you know, don't, you know, don't, don't do that again. Don't get me in trouble. Way. Yeah. Don't, don't let people know I'm not doing my job. Go something ahead. along those lines. And, uh. He looks at my application and he was like, I told you it needed to be typed. I said, sir, I tried asking you on the email what needed to exactly to be done and, um, you know, what I needed to do. And, you know, here we are. And You never responded. Yeah. And in, 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 in one of the emails, uh, let me backtrack a little bit. In one of the emails I had mentioned, I'm very cordial. I have a copy of the emails and everything. I'm like, good afternoon, sir. May you please tell me? I said, I know I'm, I'm, I'm emailing a lot. And I'm just trying to get this done. I have a terminally ill child that it takes up a lot of my time. And I'm also trying to obtain my CCW so that way I can look for part-time work to kind of make up ends for my wife missing out. You know, I had to quit her job because, you know, she has to care full-time for the baby while we have another child as well. So, you know, when I, when I walk into his room, he tells me, he's like, this needs to be typed. I can't accept this. So I said, no problem. I left. I grabbed everything. I left. And once I did that, I went home. 
I got my three papers typed out, referenced. I got them notarized. I got them signed. And I went back. When I went back to him, he goes, you're back already. He goes, Are, did these people really sign this? I was like, sir, please call them and ask them if they signed it. Like, I, I have, I'm, I told you, I'm really just, just trying to get this really done. Signed this. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, kind so. of, and, and I was like, all right, you know what? So he said, all right, you know what? Cool. I'll accept. I had the money order in. I set up my fingerprints. Um, I got my fingerprints done a couple of days later. I found a slot and I sent him a copy of the receipt. He told me to send him a copy of the receipt. Once I received, he receives the copy, he's going to, um, you know, he's going to follow up with me, things of like that, something along those lines. And uh, when I sent him the email, he, he confirmed that he received the email. And then they called me in. Maybe, so I'm email, now I'm emailing for an update. Maybe I would say uh, email every couple of days here and there. And uh, just kind of following up, I would call, no answer. And the website stated there's a number you could call or you could email. So I tried both, didn't get a response. And at some point he was like, hey, you know, Mr. Ramdaj, be patient. You know, we're trying to get all this, all these things done, things of that nature. But he, so he finally acknowledged after a while that he was getting your emails and your voicemails. He finally acknowledged after a while. Mostly the emails. Anything regarding okay. voicemails, I didn't really hear, you know, gotcha. anything from him. So, Copy. Um, now, fast forward to July 13th, I believe. I believe that was the date. I get a call a couple of day, a day or two earlier. Hey, Mr. Ramadan, uh, you know, we would like you to come into to the station. Uh, you know, we need to interview you, things of that nature. Now, again, there's so much going on in my life at this point, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I'll come in. What's this for? Oh, it's part of the application, you know, the app process, things of that nature. So I'm like, okay, great. Come that day, I was scheduled to go in, I think, 5, 36 o'clock. It was a Wednesday. Um, about half hour before I go, I get a call from uh, the detective, and he calls me. He says, hey, you know, Mr. Ramda, can you uh, bring in the firearm that you uh, want to carry? And at first I was like, yeah, and then I, and then I asked and I said, wait, it didn't seem right. Something just didn't seem right. And I was like, okay, you know, what's this for? And he's like, um, uh, we need to photograph it. It's part of the application process. I'm like, okay, I didn't see that. Liar. Deceit. I said, I, Lie. I have nothing to hide. You know, my father always raised me, man. If you got nothing to hide or you got nothing wrong that you, you know, to, to say anything, you say it and you do it. So, but, well, but wait, Mo, real, in America, but, but yeah, known. Mo, but listen, your father taught you that way because you're supposed to be dealing with straight up people, right? right. So he was right. being underhanded to right. get you in there to bring your gun under false pretenses, which they're not supposed to do, by the way, the police department, which is very sneaky. But go ahead, continue. And they I might want, add, before you continue, what? he's telling you to break the law to commit a felony because yes. you can't take that firearm to the police station in the state of New Jersey without a point carry is spot permit. on. Yep. Again, yep. so you know, there's so much going on at this point. Like I said, I have family flying. I was like, you know what? Let me just go get this handled. You know, I'm excited. I'm thinking things are going to go smooth. Um, I go into the police station. He calls me. He said, "Bring it in as if." He calls me back again before I get there, and he's like, "Bring the, your weapon in as you would bring it in to, uh, you know, the gun range locked up, things of that nature." I said, "The right, gun no range problem. he hates." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 exactly. <laughs> I, I walk in. I walk into the police station. I walk into the front, and you know, I tell them, "Hey, I'm here to see uh, Detective Rota and Detective Alisea, the firearms investigation unit." And, 
Detective Rotsar comes down, doesn't say a word to me, just grabs my gun from the case out of my hand, and I'm like, all right, I'm in your house. I'm not going to – cool, no problem. You took it, it. I get it. I go upstairs. Um, they probably they – there, there was about, I would say, a good five, six other CCW applicants there. So they heard them first, and then um, they called me in last. And when they called me in, they basically – they said we need to speak to you, and they brought me into the booking room, where the criminal, the, the major crimes investigation booking room, and I'm like, okay, like, no know. representation, no warning, no nothing, nothing. nothing. entrapment. Go ahead. You know, and they, you know they they bring me in. I'm you know I'm sitting in there, and then they both detectives come in from the fire uh, firearms investigation. They sit down. One has a paper, and then they Mirandize me. And I'm like, beautiful. why am I being Mirandized? They're like, you're not in trouble. You're, we're not charging you anything. You're not we in trouble. Anything. We're just reading you your rights. <laughs> they, they tell me, you know, we're not charging you with anything. You, 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 you don't have to speak to us, things of that nature, but this is for, you know, we have some concern. And again, at the time, everything that's going through my mind, I'm like, okay. I got nothing to hide. I'm going to, you know, stand up for myself. I'm going to speak. I, I didn't do anything wrong. And I signed okay, a paper. Lesson number one here. Anytime you get read your Miranda rights, your only response from that point forward should be one word. Lawyer. Yes. I, I but again, <laughs> but again, that's why he's on the show, because many people will fall into this. Exactly. Because he has, feels he has nothing to hide. Exactly. He's a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen who did nothing wrong, and he's sitting there wondering, what the hell is going on here? Is this just a formality? What's right. this BS here? And I get he, it. It's easy to fall down this rabbit hole. Absolutely. And, you, and, and those of you listening need to learn this lesson, because every criminal lawyer I have ever talked to said the biggest problem they ever face is that when you read your rights you spill your guts because you think that it's not going to be used against you anytime you get read your rights the only response you should give is the word lawyer and the only time you should talk mm -hmm. is when you've spoken to your lawyer and he says it's okay to talk and they will and once you say lawyer they're going to use every tactic in the book. Only guilty people ask for their lawyer, they say. No. That's part of your rights as a citizen of these former United States. Go ahead, Mo. So they Mirandized you because they're your friends. Yes, so they yeah. Mirandized me, and now like kind of the antennas are going up for me. And I'm like, that is the first time I've been Mirandized. I've never been in trouble. I, 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 I'll take the shirt off my back. I'll help any, anybody who knows me can line up on that door miles long and knows the kind of person and character that I have. And this isn't me just gloating. This is just me. Anybody you talk to will vouch for me. So now I'm thinking in my head, and for the first time in my life, sitting in that room being Miranda, for the first time in my life, I actually thought, like, damn, am I, am I a criminal? Am I, did I do something wrong? You know, and, Everything's playing in my head. I'm like, oh, my God, I got my kids at home. You know, my mother-in-law just passed away. And, you know, it's just so much going on. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Cool. He starts asking. They were like, hey, look, you're not in trouble. We just want to ask you some things. We have some concerns. I said, like, what kind of concerns do you have? And he said, um, I don't know. I feel like something's going on. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> what? 
what do you feel is going on? He goes, you mentioning your daughter and you emailed us about 27 times in 30 days. And he goes, uh, the other detective that's in there, like one's like good cop, bad cop, you know, things of that nature. One's talking to you. And that's yep. The other one's trying to put pressure. And the other one's like, do you think it's rational to email somebody that many times? And when they don't fucking respond to you, yeah. And, yeah, and, I email and, every day till I get a response. Business in business, but I'm not a civil servant. I'm not used to not responding for 40 days and it being okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, you know, when, when in the essence, do you think it's rational? They they said you, you even went to the mayor. Why? And this is how they're speaking. Like, you even went to the mayor. Like, who does that? And I'm just like, you know, I went to the mayor just to find out some information. And as far as the emails, you know, I want. I just wanted to email you. I was following up. I have three different email threads with you guys. One for a permit, one for address change, and now the CCW. So at this point, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, now what's going on? Like, this is getting serious. And they were like, we feel like something's going on. And um, we just wanted, they were like, why are you so pushing and antsy to get your CCW? And Because I'm an uh, American and it's my <laughs> right. It's my right. But anyway, go ahead. That's me venting. Sorry, Mom. No, you're fine, man. And at that point, I was like, you know what? Let me be careful. Because already at that point now, I'm like, all right, this, this ain't going nowhere. Let me just watch, you know, uh, uh, what I say. Because I know it's Miranda. And they told me I was being recorded and, and um, Damn. you know, everything of that nature. So I'm like, all right. So I said, you know, I, I really just I want to get it done. Like, I know there's going to be a lot of applicants and things of that nature. I just want to get this process done. And then they, one of the detectives, he brings up um, some charges and stuff like that. And he sits there and says, uh, why would you apply for FID um, two years ago or, or a couple, uh, last year when I just granted you this? I was like, sir, this isn't even me. Like, this is somebody else that has a name similar to mine. Like, my name is <laughs> Great Mahmoud. detective work. The, 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 I was like, my name is Mahmoud and this person that you're putting is mohammed and i'm like you know that's a guy anthony you know, knows who would it, it, ever well, confuse your name who would confuse I, your yeah. name yeah. oh you me that's saying? right so, <laughs> so so and you know what i gave the benefit of the doubt easy honest mistake because i get that a lot i'm like cool um and then they and then they gave the, the information they showed me the paperwork it was like one person like had a I think it was like a close to like a DV charge, but the birthdays weren't the same. The spelling of the names were the same and the addresses weren't the same. They started oh, asking me if I lived at certain addresses and I'm like, sir, I've never lived in any other address. I live, I live in Patterson now, I lived in Woodland Park, and then I lived in Lodi. And, you know, and my whole life before that was in Clifton. So, you know, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to check on that. And then he goes, <laughs> and then he goes to me, and then he goes to me, um, me and my grandfather have the same name. My grandfather passed away. Um, and I had a family member who lived at a certain address that applied for his FID. And I said, sir, this person that you're talking about is a relative that applied for it. And that's not me. And I even gave him the birthday, the address of that relative and everything. And he was like, what's yours? And I'm like, well, this is mine. This, you know, it doesn't match up. And he was like, okay, well, I'll look into it. Perhaps then you should have done that before you accused me of something. <laughs> then, 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 you know, they, they, they look at me and they say straight up, they're like, look, uh, and then he asked me, he goes, well, the other detective asked me, he goes, you brought up your daughter. And I said, yes, sir. And he said, you know, we feel like, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot going on and we don't feel comfortable giving you your um, your carry permit. And, you know, we, we, 
you know, something about taking the firearms. And I was, he was like, you want to talk to us about your daughter? And I said, I really don't. I mean, I kind of mentioned it in the email because I'm trying to tell you that I really just, I got no time. I got to get things going. And then I looked at one of the detectives. I said, are you a parent? You know, are you guys parents? Are you a father? You can only try to imagine or, you know, some kind of empathy, things of that nature. Um, and conversation really didn't go much from that. So I don't really want to talk about my daughter anymore. And um, good. The, the detective goes, okay, well, you know what? We're going to uh, file a TERPO, a Temporary Extreme Risk Protective Order. They're going to red flag you. They're going to red flag this guy because he was trying to get answers. They're going to red flag an American. Oh, because because they felt felt a certain way. way. So this is the most egregious, say that, Sandy, the worst case yet, (laughs) egregious because we got a ton of stories of other judges doing stuff and cops doing stuff. But the reason that Mahmoud is on this show today is because the, he is probably the first in New Jersey to be red flagged for trying to exercise his God-born sex, Second Amendment rights, okay? So they're going to register being a And persistent turpo. about it. Ooh. Yeah, because oh. asking the cops to do their job. So yeah. go ahead, Mo, continue. Sandy, how much time do we have left? We're, uh, we're about halfway there. Why don't we take a, uh, a housekeeping break? Okay. All right. So they're going to they're gonna turpo him. Let's leave it at that right now. For you people, anybody to bought a gun for hire NFT, as of right now, there's only 10 left. It's limited to 200 NFTs. All 200 purchasers will be coming to the ultimate range day, and about 20 people are eligible, I believe, to win the guns and the uh, going to the SIG and everything else. So it's going to be a big to-do. So we were the first. We launched it. John Petrolino wrote a great article in Bearing Arms. He uh, interviewed Matt as well. So uh, gunforhirenft.com, check and see if there's any left. And don't forget to tune in Monday to the Senate, uh, full Senate vote, and listen to the Marxists taking taking our rights. So now, Murphy will be signing it shortly. Dan has been looking for more plaintiffs. He has a ton of plaintiffs. He's looking for some wider plaintiffs, too. It Just email strikeforce at anjrpc.org. Anybody in the medical profession with a carry, someone who has a carry that goes to the racetrack, someone who lives in an apartment, theirs are their parents who has not applied for a pistol permit or an FID card yet. Anyone that goes to a house of worship with a carry permit, Mo, <clears throat> uh, anybody whose kids are in a junior rifle team. Anybody that takes a bus or any type of mass transit, okay? If you have a permit and you frequent a business or some sort of strip mall or other multi-tenant property or daycare, we're looking for plaintiffs. All we need is your name. All we need is your name. You will be on the paperwork. It doesn't require anything else from you. Marty's V-Burger is not only in Manhattan. He also has a place. uh, It's a pop-up on Skillman Ave in Queens. It's a uh, kitchen. It's in Sunnyside in Long Island. Excuse me, Sunnyside, Long Island. And it has all the usual delivery platforms. And uh, you can currently place orders for pickup and delivery through the website will be coming hopefully this week. Mention Gun for Hire Radio or Gun for Hire Q20 and you will get a discount. Uh, Marty'sVBurger.com. Uh, again, let's talk about NYTAC Defense. NYTAC Defense, if you live in New York, you need NYTAC Defense. Use Gun for Hire, one word, to get your discount. Mo, now that you, uh, at this point, you need to have, make sure you have U.S. Law Shield, Mo. 
There's going to be a seminar. Uh, we're having a seminar on July 15th at the Clifton Masonic Temple on Van Houten Ave in Clifton from 1 to 4 p.m. Evan Knappen will be speaking. I will be speaking. Mo might stop by and say hello, and people can shake his hand for a guy that fought for his right, right to the bitter end. So let's keep an eye on that going to now. The next thing is... Uh, Decoding Firearms by John Petrolino, available on Amazon, Kindle, and Gun for Hire. Quarantine Crawl, support those who support you. Over 360 pro 2A businesses, products, and services. My doctor, OptimalHealthWellnessNJ.com. OptimalHealthWellnessNJ.com. Dr. Joe Sampatero, concierge medicine for a few hundred dollars a month. No more waiting. You text him or call him and he comes to you or you go to his house and bing, bang, boom, you are done. Keep it personal. Keep it local. Support those who support you. Lake Island Rifle and Pistol Club, L-A-K-E-I-S.org. They're looking for junior rifle members between 12 and 18 years old to learn firearm safety and compete in small bore and air rifle competitions. If you're in the um, uh, Scotch Plains area, Zen Float Center on 219 Park Avenue, zenfloatcenter.com, Sharon Decker. you got to support those who support you. And on January 10th, we are having a fundraiser, Bullets and Bagels for Assemblyman Robert Off. It's going to be 9 in the morning till 12, so you can still go for a half a day of work. It's going to be $150 a person, tons of guns to shoot, bagels, a Q&A session, hang out, take a picture with the Assemblyman. He's going to need our support just like Brian Bergen and a few select others because we think there's a chance we could flip uh, the Assembly or the Senate next year. That's what Brian Bergen was uh, was talking to us about. So without further ado, housekeeping is done. So, Mo, now the cops tell you they're going to turpo you. If anybody doesn't know what that is, that's a temporary extreme risk protection order. Or, and an ERPO would be a final one, extreme risk protection order. So, Mo, they got you in this room. They Mirandized you. It's a Wednesday night. Your family is all at your house. With your two daughters, your wife, your dad, and everybody's there, and they just hit you with this news. So continue. Yes. So they put the turbo on me. They said, "All right, so we're, we don't feel comfortable giving you the, um, you know, the CCW right now, and um, you know, we have your firearm." They told me they wanted to photograph the firearm and things of that nature, but now I see why they told me to bring the firearm in. And they lied to you. Me, yeah. And, and, and I asked them what the turpo was for, and they were like, we want to protect, you know, to protect the voter. I said, who are you guys protecting from me? I was like, you guys can go. I, I've never been in trouble a day in my life. Like, my record speaks for itself. I work for the state. I work for children, you know, with children, things of that nature. And, you know, now I'm starting to get a little, you know, ramped up because, I'm, you know, at that point, I felt like I was, you know, what the hell did I do? And he said, we... we and people have to realize here, Mo that you yourself you are an investigator yes for for child protective services it's basically <laughs> you're talking to your colleagues who have now turned on you yeah at that point that's what it felt like you know because we work hand in hand with them you know like you know when, when police officers get a domestic violence call they you know i believe it's like two minimum two units minimum that go there and when I go, when I get a domestic violence call for a child abuse or anything of that nature, I go in there with a notebook and a pen and I got to de-escalate situations and things of that nature. So, 
you know, that's that's what I do. You know, I'm, I'm yes, I'm an investigator, child protective services, social worker, things of that nature. They tell me they need to protect the uh, community from me, and that's what that's exactly what he told me. He said, we want to protect <laughs> yeah, the community, yeah. and I right. said from you. Yeah, and I was like, okay. And then they said, uh, I was like, no problem. They were like, we're going to call the judge, and I was like, look, man, you guys could. You guys could call, you know, everybody will vouch for me. And then when he mentioned, he goes, yeah, well, you went to the mayor who does that. That you know, like pissed the them off. He, that pissed them he, off. He yep. said the mayor is not the one that signs off on these uh, CCW and firearm permits. They're saying they, they do. And I was like, oh, you know what? I see where this is going. Situational power. And I said, you know what? Unbelievable. These are people who should never have situational yep. power. And, and I sit there and I'm like, all right, no problem. They get the sign. They they made me wait in the room. They were like, "All right, well, you're you know you're not in trouble, and uh, just you know wait right here." Well, they were like, "You can go home, or you can wait here." And I was like, "Well, I I rather wait now to know exactly what's going on before I go home and the surprises happen." I was like, um, "You know, I do have people over. I had a death in the family. You know, people are there for my wife. I really don't want to make a scene." Oh, and you know, poor guy, man. So oh, and, and they were guy. kind enough to you know to their girl. They were kind <laughs> enough. They were like, well, "Listen, if we come." You know, I said, can you guys please, whatever, you, outside of the house? Because I don't want, you know, I had like, you know, women here, it's emotional, things of that nature. I just didn't want anything to happen. So they said, we might need to, you know, uh, take your guns or you can bring your guns to us. They already had my handgun and I have, um, you know, I have a rifle. And I was like, whoa, I'm not, con- you know, consenting to, you guys want my firearms, get the paperwork and serve me. You know, I, no problem. I, I'll be cordial. I, Good. I, you know, I, I already know at this point I'm going to be going to court and getting a lawyer. So they were like, if you want to, you can come and bring us your weapons. I'm like, I'm not voluntarily relinquishing my weapons to anybody. You guys want them? Good. Serve me my paperwork. So um, they said, well, we're going to keep your fire, your, your, your handgun here. And, um, you know, if we need to, we'll come serve you the paperwork at home. Oh, when we get the paperwork, I'm sorry. When we get the paperwork and signed from the judge, we'll give you the paperwork. So I said, all right, no problem. On the way out, I kind of just wanted to, I don't know. I just, you know, I'm, I'm processing everything and I'm like, you know, Hey, can I have the lock that's on my, um, on my case? And I wanted to see if it, you know, I don't know. Something just went through my mind. I don't know if they're doing anything to my weapon. You know, a lot of things start playing in your head. Like, Oh my God, you know, are they doing anything to the weapon or, you know, did they take it anywhere or anything like that? So they were, the detective at that point, I wasn't served yet. So he goes, you know what? You can take your weapon back if we, if you want, you can come bring it back to us if we get the paperwork or we'll come pick it up. I said, oh no, you guys are going to come pick it up if you guys have the paperwork. I'm not relinquishing anything without paperwork signed by a judge. And Good. he said, here, you can take your weapon. And they let me leave the police station with my weapon. Um, and apparently, I'm somebody. But you were crisis. a risk. Yeah, but I you was, were a risk and in crisis. Okay, yes. go ahead. So Sounds legit. They 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 let me they let me leave the police station with my firearm after saying that I'm in crisis, I'm a risk, and putting a protective order on me. So I go home. Um, I got my father and my uncles here. You know, things of that nature with the family. I put them in the room and I said, "Look, man, this is what's going to happen." And they kind of look like, "All right, you know, we're cool, relax, calm down, things of that nature." And um, I I reached out to Anthony. I was like, "Look, man, this is this is what's going on." And he said, "Lawyer up." All right. I wanted somebody who knows you know these things and somebody that's very uh, keen to all this you know, all this kind of stuff to kind of guide me. And I reached out to Anthony, and Anthony's like, "Listen, lawyer up." And he mentioned to me Frank Masano. 
So I had that plan. I told my family what's going on. And uh, the police officers, they called me. They stated, hey, look, we're going to come in an unmarked car. And I said, look, I have people over. Can I please give you my weapons outside? I have no problem as long as you guys got the paperwork. I'm not going to be combative or anything of that nature. They said, yeah, that's fine. So I'm in crisis. They let me leave the station. And now they're letting me sit outside my house. The person was in crisis with my rifle and my firearm. <laughs> and I had my, my uncles and my father um, next to me. And, uh, you know, they pull up. They give me the paperwork. Uh, one of my uncles, he starts recording. And they have their, you know, recordings and things of that nature. They check my firearms to make sure they're safe. I, I'm very aware of my firearms, you know, cleaning them, uh, strips, you know, stripping them, everything of that nature. And they, I wanted to make sure I took pictures of my serial numbers and exactly what I gave them. And I took them. They took the weapons. Uh, at that point, my father had asked for a business card. The officer rudely pretty much says, uh, we don't have any cards. So my father, if I wanted to contact you, they were like, hey, you know, we told your son everything. He can call us. And then my father goes, so no cars or nothing. My uncle says no cars. And the guy goes, yeah, call 911, you know. Wow, and, what a jackass. You know, Disrespectful so, uh, jackass. And, and I can I'm say like, that. They hate I, I me there already. I told my dad, I'm like, dad, just relax. It's cool. And I, I was like, listen, I got, I'm getting a lawyer. I mentioned Frank's name. And they take the weapons. So. Fast forward, a couple months go by. We were supposed to have court. It got adjourned a couple times. I spoke to Frank. Frank Pisano, by the way, if you're listening, appreciate you, man. God bless you. Thank you for all that you do. Um, Anthony, for putting me on him because without him, that guy's a tenacious dog in the court. All right? <laughs> he's one that's, of our – guys, he's one of our ANJRPC two-way lawyers that's on rotation that if you join ANJRPC for $40 a year, you can get free legal advice from him for $40 a year. You get the ANJRPC newsletter every two months, and Frank is one of the rotation lawyers, along with Dan Schmutter, Evan Knappen, et al. So uh, I send people to Dan. I send people to Frank. I send people to Evan. Mo being right here in Patterson. Frank is right there in Montville. Everybody I refer to all of these lawyers, I never hear any bad things coming back from the people I refer. So Frank got Mo, and that's how we got where we are. Yes. So we finally get... um you know, we get a, we, we get the discovery. Frank talks about it. Now, this is the first time I actually get to read the discovery because all I saw was the turbo. But they went into detail basically saying it'll be grossly neglectful of me to give Mr. Ramadan his CCW application and his firearms and things of that nature. So that's why the turbo was signed. Um, we get into court finally now, uh, September 23rd, I believe. Um, you know, the detective says his part. And, you know, Frank questions and things of that nature, basically. And like I said, Frank speaking to Frank regularly, you know, you know, client to lawyer, cool, calm, collective. He gets into that courtroom, man. He was a dog. Now, I've testified for court before, but never for myself, like for something. And this guy, just, he has your back. So Frank Pisano is definitely the guy, um, you know, just on my end. I can't thank him enough. But what happened? We go to court. Um uh, you know, the detective gets, uh, you know, questioned by the prosecutor and then he gets cross-examined by Frank and Frank pretty much kind of got him to contradict Filleted. himself. He, he's mentioned that he was yeah. a hostage, you know, he's a hostage negotiator. He got training in that. <laughs> he, he felt, yeah. he felt Cause that, he took a seminar. He felt that yeah. I was so wait, crisis. wait. Yep. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about this. So 
they no. talk about it. He the the cop took a a hostage negotiating class, and he felt that because you mentioned you had a terminally ill daughter, that you were in crisis. Uh, that's yeah. where he got His that from. Feeling was and then you in cross examination, Frank said, "Well, if you thought." Mr. Ramadan was in crisis. Why did you let him leave with the gun that night? Uh, and he felt that Mo's sense of urgency wasn't the norm because, see, in Patterson, they're used to letting people wait a year to exercise their Second Amendment right, their civil Who right. Who were too afraid because, to bother them. Correct. Too yeah. afraid or don't have the financial means, right, to, to do right. what Mo just right. did. So, or, or the education. Correct. And we must add that the only person in that room with a degree in psychology was the man that they were accusing of, of, uh, of being unstable. Yes, they also felt uh, that they were definitely butthurt because Mo went around them and contacted yeah. town officials, right. and they probably got some heat for that, Mo, you know, because sunlight is the best disinfectant. Because if I was the mayor or the chief, the next thing I would have said was, how many applications do you have and how backed up are you? Because you're not yeah. asking for any help, so that must mean right. that you're just delaying people because you're jackasses, right? So... The cop or it got in the way of the coffee break and the donuts. Correct. Came, so he know? also I mean, said that most personality was extremely ir irregular because he was persistent. Yeah. Okay, nothing right. irregular because you're persistent. Because Mo had a sense of urgency. Because Mo has to deal with his wife and his kids and his sick daughter and his job and his life and the financial stresses that he has to deal with every day. And uh, but they read him his rights and there, he wasn't under arrest you know and uh you know but they felt well, again we said he felt that it was in crisis but so so basically mo i'm going to interject here so the cop was saying that the reason he wasn't responding and the reason he was delaying mo and everybody else's paperwork was he was waiting for directives from the state on how to process the carry permits the ptcs the permit to carry so Frank Pisano gets up and says to the cop, but isn't the application the same carry application that you guys have been processing forever <laughs> for security guards and people who apply for a carry? And, for the past And the cop years. was like, yeah. He's like, well, did you or did you not? Frank read him the June 24th Attorney General directive saying that the whole permit system was identical except justifiable need had been removed and they should expedite the carry permits. That was the directive from the Attorney General, the top cop in the state, telling all of the permit officers in the state the only thing that's changed is justifiable need has been removed. But this cop in open court under oath tried to use the excuse that he was waiting for the new rules and directives to come down. Am I right, Mo? Did I remember that right? Yes. Okay. So, you know, and then, uh, you know, again, Frank asked him, you know, if you thought he was in crisis, why would you let him leave with a handgun? And you let him, so owning a gun is not a danger in a crisis, but carrying a gun is a danger under crisis. <laughs> right. Am, am I right? So, uh, so, so, so Frank flayed him on that. And then, uh, you know, why would Mo, who, this was Frank, he was like, why would Mo, who complied with the law, want to break the law? Why would he go through this whole process? Because the cop thought there was some reason, underlying reason that Mo was going to break the law. If he went through this whole process, why would he? Why would he break the law? And then, you know, uh, the prosecutor comes up and says, well, 
you know, uh, about the changes and everything. Again, he, he, he did offer uh, his, uh, his heartfelt condolences to your, your daughter being sick. He says it you know, must be very stressful to go on. But, they, again, they were worried that you were under crisis because of that. And then, again, blamed that the police couldn't handle the volume that they got. So the truth started to come out. You know what I mean? And, again, Frank, what, the third time. If you thought he was a danger and in crisis, why would you let him leave with his gun? I'm going home to a house full of people, and, okay, we'll take your gun. We'll come and get it later, okay? <laughs> and now yeah. at that point, uh, Mo, I think I got everything right. And then uh, the Passaic County judge, who's, the, A, the assignment judge for the entire county, and, B, the uh, gun judge in Passaic County who signs all the permits is Judge Capicella. So now Judge Capicella, both sides were heard and both sides rested, but the judge was like, he wanted to hear from you. Am I correct? Yes. So tell us what happened there. You went on the stand. You must have been nervous as poo. Anybody would when you got to go up on the stand and testify, right? Um, you know, believe it or not, I was I wasn't as nervous. I mean, like I said, when when I started seeing how Frank was kind of talking and things of that nature, and I was just like, all right, I was I was I felt a little more at ease because everything Frank kind of represented and asked and, 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 and you know brought up was exactly how I felt. Frank just brought it up in more you know legal terms. <laughs> So the judge so, I mean, wanted. I was, obviously, I was a little nervous because you just don't know how things happen in court. You know, you never know how it's going to go. So, um, so let's let's know. let's play this out. So the judge w- wanted to speak to you because he wanted to know why you were so persistent. And the first yes. thing the judge says is, uh, "Where you work, do you have employer background checks, Mo?" Yes. Because you can't be around kids without a ton of background checks, right? Absolutely. Okay, and then you told the, the judge that you love helping kids, right? Yes, sir. It's a it's a it's a beautiful thing, and then the judge asked you. Let me add. So I'm Capicella. So so uh, Mahmoud Ramadan. Why did you want to carry permit? What was your response to the judge? Do you remember? Uh, I believe I stated uh, I want to exercise my Second Amendment right. And you also said that you wanted to get a second job in security, armed yes. security, to help feed your family because your wife couldn't work because your daughter has a terminal illness. Yes. Right. And then you said you were persistent because you never got any callbacks and you never got any email responses. And the judge said he can understand your perspective of using emails because there's a paper trail and there was a paper trail of them not responding to you. They played well, yeah, into their own trap. Yeah, right? I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm sorry to Go ahead. interrupt. No, I don't, asked, don't yeah, talk, I was please. Asked, I was asked why I wanted, you know, why I did it, uh, you know, via email from Frank and I always, just in my line of work, I go through 50 emails in my first hour of work every morning. Um, emails leave paper trails. And when dealing with, you know, the public, as I do, as police do, as anybody else does, you always want to have a paper trail, you know, to CYA and to always have something to go back to just in case things hit the fan. Because, you know, I, I make mistakes too. I'm, I'm human, you know. Um, so he, I was asked, you know, okay, you know, why'd you do it through email and why are you emailing? You know, I was like, well, you know, there was three different email threads. You know, I, I didn't see a reason why uh, they would they would respond to emails. So I kept going through emails and I just I was eager to get it done because I know the influx. I wanted to get I wanted to get some more work. I wanted to get the process over with and I wanted to keep a paper trail of everything as I do with every everything that I do. I always keep a paper trail, you know, and you answered it perfect. Capicel had asked you that. And then the prosecutor got to the. Uh, Cross and he was like, are, he said, Mo, are you stressed? And you said, no. Yes. Yes. Yep. Right. And then he said, um, how's your mental health? 
which is a very weird question for a prosecutor to ask a layman who's not a doctor or anything. How's your mental health? Well, you could have turned around and said, how's my mental health? I'm, I'm, I'm holding everything together. I'm the man. I'm the rock of the family. But you couldn't say that. All you said was, my mental health is fine, which is a stupid question for a prosecutor because he can't evaluate your mental health and you can't evaluate your mental health. Only a mental yeah, health exactly. professional can do that, right? Yes. And that's what Frank also asked the detective on the stand as well, because he asked him, are you a psychiatrist? How did you know he was in crisis? Yeah. Did you give him any help? Did you well, I took a hostage to... negotiation class. Yeah. Yeah, he took a class. And then, yeah. uh, you know, then the prosecutor says, did you speak to the mayor? And you were like, yes, I did speak to the mayor. Again, these public servants, they don't get the concept that we have elected representatives. This is what pisses me off because, Mo, there's so many times people reach out to me like you and I'm like, email the mayor, email the council, email this, email that. And they're like, you really? Should I bother them? I'm like, yes, you have to bother them. That's their job. The squeaky wheel gets the oil because if you just keep your mouth shut, nothing will happen. But look what happened here, Sandy. This spurred on a retaliation. These cops did not yep. like that he went over their head because he's not That's supposed right. to have any rights. He's supposed to just lay down and take it. Yep, because he's a serf, Correct. and they're in power. So then here's a funny question. It got closed up by Judge Capicella. Mo, do you know where you can buy an illegal gun right now? <laughs> no. And you said, no, sir, actually. No, sir. Yeah, the no, judge sir. asked him if he knew where he could buy an illegal gun. <laughs> Maybe but I don't know one. where this was know. going. I thought it was pretty cool because because yeah, was, if he's yeah. because he already owned the gun, so it wasn't like he needed a gun to to hurt himself or somebody else. He was applying for a carry permit. You know, if Mo was applying for his gun permit, the judge could have said, "Well, he, if he was denied, he could have just went down to the corner of Main and Sixth and bought a gun out of the trunk of a car or something." I don't know where Judge Cap yeah. was going with it, but okay. And then the next thing the judge says, "Where is Mister Ramadan's permit to carry application?" And, uh, of course, it was still buried in the tombs in the police department downstairs, okay? And uh, so the prosecutor said, well, the state, uh, based on the evidence, the state asked that we keep the turpo and turn it into an uh, uh, extreme risk protection or so permanent. So Mo could never own guns again, never get any kind of state license or anything, can entirely ruin the man's life because... Probably lose his job uh, uh, Probably. And so that's what the prosecutor moved for at that point. So even the prosecutor didn't learn anything. You think the prosecutor would have withdrawn the charges at that point. Exactly. But it's a perfect example, Mo, of how much they really hate us. Everybody listening to this, this is how much they really hate us. You proved your point. You had your day in court. Both sides got to speak. The judges, you could tell by the judge's line of questioning, he's asking where your carry permit is, which means he wants to issue it. And the next thing the prosecutor says is, well, I want to keep the extreme risk protection order because I want to ruin this man's life. Yeah, we've proven. You've proven nothing because he said we've proven this and this and this and this. You know, you haven't. So the judge, you've proven the nothing. judge stepped in. And defended the police a little bit by saying the Bruin decision was one of the top five major decisions in this country in the past 50 years. And there's an avalanche of applicants. And he said he handles all the applicants and he's been doing 60 to 80 a week. And many of the applicants are frustrated and many of the people that are uh, are that are handling the permits, you know, uh, clerks and law enforcement officers, prosecutors, the judges, chambers, they're all frustrated too because nobody had any, um, there was no forewarning on this, right? The Bruin decision came out on June 23rd and June 24th, 
New Jersey issues carry permits. In every half-assed thing the attorney general does, n- you know, no good guidelines, no planning, no hiring anybody else right. or anything like that. Right. So it just came down like an avalanche, and there's a lot of frustrating stuff there, you know. And uh, then the, um, you know, the judge said he does not feel that there was any instability or instability because he had emails and he thought emails were good because there was a paper trail. And then the judge says, I'm going to deny the ERPO. All right, which ba-boom, when I heard that in the transcripts, man, I, I, anyway. <laughs> and then he says, again, where is his CCW? I'm going to submit an order to have the police process the carry permit. And then he talked to Mo. He said, Mo, I'm going to have you come back up here, and I'm either going to uh, 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 approve or deny your carry. He couldn't slam dunk it in court, you know. He goes, and at that point, you'll be able to carry. He goes, is it the gun here? And, and Mo was like, well, it was that gun. I was in the process of buying another gun. That's why there was three email threads, because nobody responds to anything to me here, you know. And again, he, he reiterated that he processes 60 to 80 carry permits a week, which we know Judge Cap is on our side. So this does not end Mo's plight. Mo's going to wrap this up now. So he has his day in court. He has a big win. He's going to get his, his, uh, his guns back. He's going to get his carry permit and everything. Mo, wrap it up and tell everybody how Patterson continued to screw you to the bitter end. So yes, court was court was done. Felt relieved, you know. Felt happy. Um, everything of that nature. And uh, after speaking to Frank when I left the courtroom, he said, you know, give it about a week before I put in, um, you know, the final paperwork because the turpo was uh, dismissed and um, the, the 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 order had stated to get my weapons back and um, you know to process the applications for my permit and the carry permit. Uh, so that was September 23rd. Fast forward to end of November. I didn't get anything back. None of the paperwork was processed. Frank was, uh, I, I contacted Three months. Frank again. Three months. Yeah. I ahead. contacted Frank again and I'm like, look, you know, this, this is getting ridiculous. Nobody's telling me anything about getting my weapons back. Um, I had to contact property at the Patterson Police Department and um, there was a mix up with like the court order and stuff like that. So once I got of the course. court order, they um <laughs> what they did was instead of giving my weapons back to me they took it to a firearms dealer um and oh, gave it they gave it they gave them my rifle and my handgun and um i had to reapply for another to get my rifle back unbelievable wait, wait, that's, had, uh, that's unbelievable. not the best part the police department and this unscrupulous firearms dealer are telling them that's the new law in new jersey when in fact my gun store here we get guns weekly that were released from prosecutors in court cases that we hold them for someone to pick them up and we don't log them in our book this this dealer logged the gun in the book, so Moe's got to get a permit to get his own handgun back. So he's going to own a handgun, Sandy, that he has two pistol permits for. The same handgun. <laughs> and he's <laughs> got to pay the $17, well. and he's got to oh. wait for Patterson, who hates him, to issue a pistol permit for him to get his own gun back. Continue, Mo, please. So, yes, I went uh, once once they released my weapons. I went to go pick up my rifle. They had to do pay for the next check for that, which I don't know, cost me another, almost cost like, I don't know, another check, whatever it was. And then for my handgun, I already had a pending permit because I wanted to get something smaller to carry. Now I had to burn that on that permit on that. But what I thought about was, you know what, I'm going to apply for another permit because I don't think it was fair. I'm just going to get my 
the one that I wanted, and I'm going to apply for another one to get mine back. I cut my losses. It is what it is. They, uh, the, the detective didn't process my application till like the end of November and didn't approve the original handgun permit that I had back in June or July up until that day as well. The same day that they sent me my, my the permit to get that, I, um, I, I applied for another permit because I still wanted to, you know, exercise my right and buy another firearm. And I went to go to try to go pick up, um, Oh, I'm sorry. I, I actually, I used my permit on another firearm that I qualified again, and that's the one I'm carrying with. And I'm glad I did that because when I had my day in court for my CCW, Judge Capicella was reluctant to place the original handgun that I qualified for on the permit because technically it's not mine because it was transferred over to a firearms dealer. So I can't carry the weapon I originally bought and qualified with and um i went to go actually after I, I i finally got my ccw i was approved uh last week and uh you know felt great i'm very happy i'm i'm i'm, I'm happy how everything went i went to go pick up the other firearm because i believe you can't pick up two handguns within 30 days of each other things of that nature so i Correct. wanted to you know exercise the size of, <laughs> side of caution and when I went to go pick up uh, that handgun, I just, something felt wrong. It was my first ever firearm that I bought. And I was like, you know what? I don't even want it anymore. I'm just going to sell it because it just felt, so, something just felt off. I just had a bad vibe. So. It's got bad juju yeah, on it. Yeah, you know, just with but, everything but going the, on. So, <laughs> yep. so the final so screwing was yep. to, to take his gun away and give it to the dealer and have the dealer log it in and tell him he needs a permit to get his own gun. And then we can further screw his civil rights by holding his permits to for him to pick up that gun. It's like they're sitting in a room and saying, what roadblocks can we legally put up or illegally yep. put up That's to exactly break this guy's is. chops? Every Because exactly we hate you is. all and we don't want yep. you to have what, guns what or carry permits. What can we inflict on him? Absolutely. And this this is the sort of thing that really needs to be retaliated against from us. But we and need how? some how? sort of legal recourse. Yeah. Yeah. We, we need to be able to sue these bastards who, who continue to do this. Now, here's a man who his wife cannot work. He has a sick daughter. He's trying his hardest now to make ends meet. And he has to now fork over five G's. Let's not forget that in legal fees for no freaking reason whatsoever. And they continue to put the screws to this poor guy. And let's, let's not forget all the time it has cost him, all the anguish it has cost him, the lost wages, the lost work. Who? How do we ever recoup this? Never. This now, what if Mo did not have the financial means? He would have had an exactly. ERPO. He, you would have had, he would have had an extreme risk protection order for the rest of his life. They're almost impossible right. to reverse once they're issued. He would have had it for the rest of his life. Never own a gun. Never be a licensed. Never be bonded. So many things he could never do. Ruined his life because somebody was too lazy to respond to his emails or his voicemails. That's would what have it boils down to. would have lost his job yes. that he's done now for eight years. Well, they would and, probably would have reported and, and, him to his job, so he lost his job, right? right. They would have finished him off. And he pass another background check ever again? Right. So, Mo, uh, so tell me, you went... Some, all because some cop was pissed off that 
someone was persistent and maybe got him in trouble for not doing his freaking job in the beginning. So, Mo, uh, it sounds like, are you eating in the background? Because I'm hungry. What was that noise? No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not eating. I'm, 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 just, I'm, I'm taking everything in because when, I'm, when you kind of oh. hear things from another party and you kind of hear, you know, I didn't know the you get pissed off. parameters. I didn't hear I, how I, much I, you were screwed. I didn't know yeah. the stream parameters of a turbo, you know, I mean, a purple. Yes. You know, and yes. again, I've never been in trouble, never heard of one. So I'm listening to you guys. I'm soaking it all in. And, um, you know, yeah, the financial needs, especially with everything that I got going on and, you know, I just bought a house and things of that nature. So it kind of set me back a little bit, but it was worth every dollar at this point because not only getting the purple out or the turbo out, but getting my things back and just feeling kind of sense of ease because. I didn't do any. I, I feel like I didn't do anything wrong. Now, how how did it go when you went before Judge Capicella to get your carry permit last week? And by the way, we waited. Uh, we've been waiting since this all started early July. We were waiting. Mo and I communicating, waiting for him to get his carry permit before he comes on this show, uh, so we can share it from beginning to end. So what happened? So and you so went they before and take additional retaliation. Correct. So you went That's before Judge Capicella to, to get your. I'm, I'm, I, I, I know, but you know, I, 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 I know, just, but you took a stand and you had to take a stand and people need yep. to know about this. And these guys, listen, if they pull any crap like this on you again, oh, okay. you have this history. You have this history with <laughs> exactly. the judge. We have this history immortalized and the Second Amendment community will be there like it was there for you this and time. You, and okay? you have a million plus people sitting, listening to you who would definitely rally behind you. Correct. So, so what happened before Judge Capicella? Um, you know, it was, it was a very interesting take because I was actually excited to go see what the process was like because you hear different things from different people. So when before Judge Capicella, there had to have been maybe a good, I want to say between 40 and 50 people waiting. Um, <laughs> and they, um, you know, Judge Capicella and, and, and his staff were you know, very prompt, very professional. They kind of let everybody know what was going on. Uh, you know, walked in, everybody, the, there was a prosecutor there. She had her objections for like 15 people. Um, judge issued out some permits. After she left, everybody else was kind of like, all right, like in the clear, things of that nature. And um, when it came up to my turn, you know, he um, he he asked about, you know, the serial number. The process was he confirmed the serial number, confirmed the weapon, things of that nature. And um, I, I asked him about, you know, my, my other handgun and, um, he actually told me, he was like, he's never heard of, um, if, and I don't know exact word for word because I can't remember everything because I know it's on record, but he said, I don't know about, you know, someone taking somebody's firearms to a uh, dealer and, you know, having to reapply for a permit for that, things of that nature. So, hey, Mo, they yeah. told you it was the new law and the judge confirmed there is no law for that. Okay. <laughs> that's how, that's how, that's how bad they are. So yeah, go ahead, you know, I'll continue. And, Sorry. Um, and he said that he would not put the original handgun that I have on the permit, but he will accept my the, the new one that I had bought with the original permit that I had pending, and uh, which I'm glad I did because I would have never had anything. And um, right, so right. I got approved. I got my, my permit, and, uh, you know, it just it, 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 it feels good. And, uh, you know, it was an easy process. You well, know, Judge Capicel is a you know what? fair man. You better go out and carry it now because you got till Monday, well, and then you can't carry it anymore. I, yeah, that's that's a whole another uh, 
fight that I think we're all going to fight, the 2A community is going to fight, because I, I've been reading up here and there, and I text Anthony almost every day, like, hey, man, what's up with this? Hey, kid, I've been listening, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing that, and it's just, you know, I think we'll prevail so whatever, eventually. Whatever day Murphy signs it, um, NRA, ANJRPC, uh, probably FPC as well, but mostly Dan Schmutter, ANJRPC, NRA, will be filing a uh, uh, an action in uh, – federal court and we will be looking to get it struck down and restraining order and uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we, we got it. We got to do whatever we, you know, whatever we got to do to get this change injunctions and everything. So we're going to strip this down. We're going to fight. And what's going to happen, Mo, is we're going to ac- actually win more off of this because they were so bad in what they did here. But now let's review uh, Mo's case here. This was the, this is why he's the entire show. And by the way, uh, there's not going to be a learning segment today. I'm not going to, I have a ton of emails and accolades and this and references and, you know, referrals and everything. We'll save it for next week's show or whatever, because this was too important, but let's review a few things here. So a, everybody needs to have either us law shield or NY tax defense. Okay. Uh, Mo wouldn't have spent five grand if he had U.S. Law Shield. All right. So uh, it would have cost him his $30 a month or whatever it is. Uh, the second thing is it's good to keep yourself educated in the 2A community, what's going on. Uh, thank God I referred uh, Mo to a, a gun attorney and not my sister's cousin's friend's uh, real estate attorney exactly. who's doing it part-time who would have defended right. Mo and not went in. Because if you read, if you listen to the transcripts, Frank uh, Frank was on his game, just like Mo said, uh, in his cross-examining and everything. So uh, it, was, it was a wonderful yeah, thing. He basically filleted the moron. Correct. And so the next thing is we we talk about you got to read my book, Crime Proof. There's an entire chapter on how to deal with the with the police and not talk or anything. The problem we have is Mo fell into the same trap that everybody falls into. I'm a law abiding tax paying citizen. I did nothing wrong. My parents raised me to 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 respect the police and help the police and make the world a better place. Okay, and now Mo is blood is boiling now because he didn't realize how serious a turpo when it turns into a, a, a extreme risk protection order how his life would have been ruined from from that point on okay uh, so we have to learn all of these things and the next thing is I talk all the time about unity and activism is key and Mo always thanks me and I said you, you want to thank me each one reach one keep getting people involved into the 2A community go into your community at your mosque and the people that you that you uh, associate with friends families co-workers whatever we all have our own nucleus right there's tons of overlap so Mo and I overlap our nucleus is overlap but Mo has his own nucleus and he needs to go into his nucleus and he needs to educate those people like his father, his uncle and other people in his religious organization, personal, civic organization, whatever it is about how bad things are. Tell all of your friends and family to get their FID card because there's power in number. Let our family and friends see firsthand how shitty the system is because most of them think you can just walk into a store and buy a gun, right, Mo? We want to educate them. That's that's how you're going to repay me, Mo, over the next the rest of your life. Yeah. How's that? You're going to repay me. <laughs> you're going to keep repaying me by, because you're becoming an advocate in your nucleus. Yes. And we'll just we, bring him some more of those breads. Correct. And we all overlap off of each other. 
And this is important. That's why we do the show. And you talked about it before we went on. Now you understand the importance of why we do what we do, right? Yes, absolutely. Hey, I just want so to let, do it be, this... let it be known, too. So there's another thing. Is I have family in the military, in, in law enforcement, friends, the immediate family, blood family, things of that nature. So in no way, shape, or form was this to kind of antagonize against anybody or any kind of department or anything of that nature. This was the truth. Anthony has the transcripts. It's everything's public record anyway. So I just want to let that be known because we also give, you know, the vibes and everything of that nature regarding certain people and certain races, oh, this, this, and the third. So I just kind of want to put that out but, there. But, um, but, but you know what a sad testament is, Mo? So there, there is you making that statement, and I've made similar statements before. But meanwhile, the very re- people that we're touting that we respect took advantage of you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And it's not you like know, you yeah, wanted... We, we, Go ahead, Sand. We, we all have friends and family members who, who are cops and, and, and in law enforcement. And those people would echo exactly what we're saying because they're good cops. Yeah. There's good and bad and in everything. There's in good everything. and bad Absolutely. doctors, good yep. and bad lawyers, good and bad plumbers. Yep. And the good ones loathe the bad ones as much as we do. And, and you know, we talk about hate and stuff. I'll be quite honest with you. If I was walking down Main Street in Patterson and one of those police officers that, that did what they did to Mo was trying to wrestle somebody to ground and handcuff him and it looked like the cop was losing, I would jump and help the cop. Absolutely. Mo, you, Mo would minute. you not do the uh, same thing? In a minute. 1,000%. One, 1, if somebody's in the wrong, True. if somebody's a, a danger to the community or anything and we can help, I listen, like I said, I I got vouchers that that are blocks long that are, that are vouch for my character, so... But, so you wouldn't be doing what you're doing if you weren't a good man. But but they I put us in this position. They put us in this position where we feel like we have to apologize for exactly. just asking exactly. what our rights for exactly. our to just follow. We're yep. follow, I'm yes. following the law on my end, but you're not following right. the law How about on you your end. You follow it on your end too. Yeah, that, that's exactly. all. That's that's the professional exactly. courtesy we're asking for. Just do exactly. your job. And respect us the way we respect you. But to turn around like this, you know, bring the gun in so we can take a picture. And uh, I I just, uh, anyway, it just, but I want everybody to learn. And everybody should listen to me. Everybody that listens to my show, we say each one reach one, our show. Sorry, Sandy. I'm always cutting him out because he's not, he doesn't live in a state anymore. But everybody that listens to the show, I'm telling you right now, share this show with anyone out there who is considering the carry process or who thinks that what douche Danielson and them are doing is the right thing to do by passing uh, a further law and make it harder for us to carry. Let them see what we are going through. What do we have to deal with here? On top of everything else we have to deal with, it's like basically entrapment now where you are not allowed You are not allowed to find out the status of anything. You are not allowed to know what's going on with your application. You are not allowed to know what the procedure or the process is. And if you dare ask or dare demand or dare go over somebody's head, you risk the chance of getting an extreme risk protection order. And if you're not educated, if you don't have U.S. Law Shield or NY TAC Defense, or you're not wired in to Gun For Hire Radio or the 2A organizations in the state, if Mo didn't if Mo didn't reach out to me, I'm not saying it would happen, but it might yeah. have gone the other way, right, Mo? Yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't know what I would have done, especially with 
lawyer fees or how I was going to do it, anything of that nature. I didn't know what the heck was going to happen. So if I didn't reach out to you, I already know where you're going with this. I this I probably would have never even attained an attorney or had trouble finding a decent one. So. Or, and I, the average person really doesn't understand the difference between just a general practice attorney and someone who deals with this landmine of, of gun laws that are in New Jersey. It's, it's, and Mo, for, for your case, I have hundreds of them. I have people really? where yeah. it went the wrong way. Yeah, oh, that's oh the Mo, you have yeah. no idea. Oh, yeah. You, wow. you, have, you have no that's idea what I've dealt with over the years, how many people lost everything, and, 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 and some people everything. won. And, yeah. you know, I, you, have, you have no idea. And uh, this one is not the worst one, but you are the worst for the carry program to this point. You are you yeah. are without a fat with that. You are you are the worst. You are the poster child. Uh, yeah, that should for, make you feel for, good. Huh? Yeah, you are the poster child. This is the worst yet, and everybody's going to listen to this. And it has an extreme chilling effect in the state of New Jersey about how bad. Like I mean, because again, you had an FID card. You own firearms already. You have a stellar work record. You work with the Child Protective Services. You have all these background checks and everything. You, if you had a domestic argument with your wife and you threatened her a year ago, you would not have your guns in your possession. You would not be working in Child Protective yeah. Services, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. like, if you had a fight with your next door neighbor about who's supposed to shovel yep. the snow and he called the cops yep. and you said you were going to punch him in the face or whatever, it, the same thing would have happened. This is why my heart goes out to you, a law-abiding taxpaying citizen. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. I don't mean to cut. I'm glad you brought that up because when I no, went to the – talk. I, I just want to throw one more thing. It made me forget. I went to the um, – to, the, to the, the firearm dealer that they gave my weapons to, and the guy even asked me, he goes, what the heck was going on with your case? He goes, you know, the, the, one of the detectives had told me, he was like, oh, the detective told him it was a misunderstanding. I don't even know why they were talking about my case in the first place, but... Um, yeah. He shouldn't have been talking about your case. And, and he sits there and he tells yes. him, oh, you know, Mo had a... There was a, a issue with a neighbor or something. I'm looking, I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what the... F like, I've never had any issues with any neighbors. I got, you know, like... I'm, I'm, you just moved in. You don't even know the damn name. It's, 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 you know, it's just, I was like, wait, what? But I, I guess, I don't know. You know, safe face, it is what it is. But I just, I'm just, you just brought that. You, you made me remember when they said that even the guy at the dealer, the, the gun dealer, he was extending it. Yeah, something about you had a misunderstanding with your neighbor or something. I just kept my mouth shut. Like, I don't know what they're talking about, whatever. But let me just get my stuff back. <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine the FFL going, uh, you want me to log this gun in, but you're releasing it back to him? Yeah, log it in because we just we want to put the icing on the cake. We want to put the cherry on top of this Sunday yeah. because yeah. we want him to get a permit because because we have him waiting for permits. Tee hee 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 hee. Right, I, I yeah. could kind of picture yeah. like this yeah. petulant yeah. child thing. Like we're we're yeah, gonna make absolutely. sure he got to wait as long as possible to get his own gun back. Like, uh, but that's right. the retribution. How dare and you call have the to mayor or it. the council? He has to pay for another yes, uh, an additional Knicks check. Oh, that's gonna correct. take two weeks two, anyway. Two additional Knicks check. My wife actually applied for her first firearms ID back in like I think July. No response on that either, which I'm assuming had to do with <laughs> the. In all fairness, yeah, I'm assuming because of the yeah. turpo. Anybody in that same household, you can't apply for it, but she's been waiting. She didn't get anything and things of that nature. So I'm just like, you know, it was just, I'm, 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 I'm going with the flow at this point. So it's right. okay to put your, to, for them to put your life at risk, uh, continually to put your life at risk. And that's what everybody needs to understand here. It's not carrying a gun for fun. 
You're carrying a gun to exercise your right to protect your life and the lives of other people because there are really bad, bad people out there yeah. who want to hurt you. No, we're the bad people. So, Mo, you yeah, are now exactly. you are now a two-way advocate yes. and because you're going to be sharing your story with everybody in your nucleus, and you're going to continue to get people like your wife and everybody else to get their firearms ID card, and you can take people in your community, and you should be bringing them here to shoot and, and showing them what's going on and uh and teaching them uh mo has a uh uh, uncle who's going through a much different process in bergen county (laughs) and we'll be talking to him we'll be talking to him in the future uh totally different mistake of moving to bergen county yeah 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 well that's that's going to change eventually too i don't want to talk too much about that whole (laughs) whole different ball game but when yeah when there's closure on that, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about that one too. There's a lot of stuff I can't talk about on the air, but but Mo, I I want to tell you something. Uh, you took a stand, and uh, and you stood by your convictions, and you took it all the way through the end, and you followed my advice, and you followed Frank's uh, legal counsel, and and look where you are now. I know it cost you, but you you listen. You you showed them. That that when people want to, they can take a stand because, you know, uh, right makes might still uh, for what it matters in this country. Right does make might. And here you are. uh, And and I'm not saying this in a disparaging way. Here you are one of, I don't know, 200,000 people that live in Patterson and you took a stand. And uh, you won. And the judge read right through that, you know, and it's so scary how the prosecutor is still still wanted to erpo you. I mean, it's 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 phenomenally crazy what you know what we have to deal with here. And you can just picture real criminals going to court and being treated the exact opposite of the way we're treated. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. You can just they picture know the it. whole damn system. They know when they're they know when they get a Miranda right. Again, I go back to what you said before. You know, I've never I was raised to respect the police. I was respect raised to tell the truth. I was raised to uh, respect uh, uh, the authority and and just to tell people. And I didn't think I had anything to hide. And that's what gets law abiding citizens in trouble. That's what gets all of us who we just are trying to play by the rules and it's used against us because apparently we're low hanging fruit. Horrible. We can be a notch on someone's belt. And, and, and like Anthony said, if you're a career criminal, you already know the system and you're going to get treated. Hey, Jack, how are you? (laughs) You know, back again. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, uh, Mo. Do you have a um, do you have any kind of GoFundMe thing going on to try to make you whole for all this? Thing? Um, no, not really. I, I I I've never asked for anything from anybody, man. I I don't have a GoFundMe or anything like that. Um, you know, I wish we I wish we as a community could do something. I, I appreciate it. Could go it. to I mean, the Ant, Ant, It could go to the Anthony College Fund. Uh, people can <laughs> yeah. bring me cash and envelopes <laughs> to the range. I, no, I, don't have, I don't have a GoFundMe. Food stuff. I, I did tell Anthony what I would do, though, um, is I am <coughs> a public notary. So if anybody has trouble getting to a notary or anything, I do service Passaic County. Uh, we'll go to Bergen County as well. Um, if you just mention Anthony, I'll do it. You know, I'll do it for free. Um, tips are always welcome, but I don't have a GoFundMe or anything, but anything to kind of help the cause, I, you know, 
I did tell Anthony I would like to volunteer and notarize some things for people at his the, wedding. The guy's still it's, giving here. This is so of course that's his nature. So Mo, here's what we're going to do: the next meet and greet we have here with uh, Senator or uh, Assemblyman Author, somebody you're going to yep. be here that night. So everybody can meet you and shake your hand. Everybody in the two-way community, you're going to see Mahmoud Ramadan is going to be here so you can shake the hand of the guy who took the stand in Patterson and uh, M1. How's that, guys? Appreciate you, man. And if anybody wants to bring him any cigars or, or, or stuff, I'll take it for him. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, I wouldn't suggest that. Mo, I love you like a brother, and I'm so glad that we met many years ago, and I'm so glad that you won. Um, say goodbye to everybody because Sandy's going to wrap it up with uh, Guiding Reigns, another charity that we're uh, all in on. Yes, appreciate you guys for having me on the show. Gunfire, Gunfire is a spot to go to. Francis Ronald is a spot to go to. Um, if you don't got nothing to hide, you know, keep fighting, and uh, you know, God bless everybody, man, and you know, have a good one. And Thank keep you, your mouth shut. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That worked out well. Sandy, wrap it up. Please give to Guiding Range, G-U-I-D-I-N-G-R-E-I-N-S, like the reins of a horse, because we are really in need of whatever donations you can give. Five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks, a hundred dollars. Uh, please go to guidingreins.org. And check out the program and what they're doing. They had their funding cut to the bone by the Biden administration because he don't like veterans. And this is for veterans. And it is absolutely free of charge for them. And I've seen the results of it. And uh, maybe in the future we'll be able to have some people talk about it. Gunfire Radio is a County Geek Media production. The music used in this broadcast is managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro author of Crime Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game, available wherever great books are sold, and also available at the gun store, gun range bookshop, known as Gun for Hire, and you might even be able to get him to sign it. Well, we love you guys from the shadows of the New York City skyline and the beautiful foothills of the Carolinas. God willing, Jesus tarries and the batteries hold out. We will see you again next week. Gone to Carolina in my mind Gone to Carolina